0: Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And each week we have a conversation with the bishop regarding his tweets. And we also go into the Catechism of the Catholic Church to teach people. Today we're going to be talking again on the Sacrament of Marriage in the fourth segment. Bishop Strickland, thanks again for joining us for this Holy Hour of Power.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Terry. And the
0: reason I say it's a Holy Hour of Power is not because of you or me it's because we're talking about the Lordship of Christ. And Bishop Strickland, your tweets this week, I say it every time, it inspires me that a prelate of our church will come out and say things that are just um, spot on. But I realize that it's politically incorrect for you to say this. Like, for example, I'll just give you one, your March 8th tweet. You were commenting on a LifeSite News Article called How Big Pharma Won Its War Against Cheap, Ineffective Ivermectin. Now, you said in this tweet that this is a crime against humanity. Big statement. People have died because treatments for COVID did not offer the profit margin that was held to be more sacred than people's lives. Any voice that tried to expose this was silenced. A human tragedy. Bishop Strickland, I have not heard anybody, anybody in the church say it that clearly. And other than laymen like myself and Jesse and others who are calling this out. What made you speak up on this?
1: Well, it's just a travesty, I believe, to see. Now you're seeing advertisements for treatments for COVID. The treatments have been there. And there are different debates about, oh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work the the medical evidence people say follow the science and there have been treatments some you know probably not every treatment works for anyone i mean it's not there none of them are 100% effective but there was absolutely no focus on treatments it was just all this get the vaccine get the vaccine and even the vaccine is is not really a vaccine um but there's just been so much misinformation and now to see this late in the game that you know they're advertising these treatments on television And this article talks about it that it's all the profit margin and it's all big pharma and you know the we need to speak up and just say absolutely we need treatments we need the the prevention that really works And not just saying, oh, do these things. And then, you know, a month later they say, oh, well, that doesn't really do anything to help. And there's been just so much misinformation. And that has been deadly for people. Uh, I've heard a number of doctors interviewed that said people have died because they weren't given the proper treatments soon enough.
0: Well, Bishop Strickland, I've read the same articles from doctors. We're talking about tens of thousands of people, especially the elderly, who were just not given the proper medication. And that is very, very sad and wicked. But I always say, follow the money. Bishop Strickland, you tweeted about the uh, idea of uh, 33-day consecration to Jesus through Mary. Well, I'm glad you did, and that's good. But right before we went on the air today... I heard some breaking news, and I know you tweeted about it. Pope Francis will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on march twenty fifth. and you thanked the Holy Father uh, and said the flock of Tyler will join you in this consecration. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Well, i there's been a lot, I'm sure both of us and all of everybody listening, we probably read different articles well. The Russia has been consecrated to Mary and uh, Pius Twelfth did it. And then other people say, well, it really didn't. And, and I guess that's been my thought all along. Just do it again. Exactly. Wow. I mean, how can you have too much consecration right. to Mary?
2: Right. And
1: this, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the consecration to Jesus through Mary. Yes. It's all about Jesus Christ. Of course. And we know that as Catholics. Mary. Is all about Jesus Christ. Certainly, I live in a part of the world here in East Texas where it's um, only less than 10% Catholic. Wow. Many people, you know, say, "Oh, you Catholics, you worship Mary." Anyone who studies that question really, from the very beginning of the history of the Church, we have never worshipped Mary. She's not God. You only worship God. Amen. But there's great honor and great devotion to Mary because she, her job in the universe is to draw us closer to her son. Like so many earthly mothers, what do mothers do? They, they support and promote what their good sons and daughters are doing. And that's what Mary does. Um, so the 33-day the consecration to Jesus through Mary Thankfully, a part, we're in the midst of that right now. It started March 9th for us in the diocese and anyone else who wants to participate. We're ending that on um, Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday.
2: Awesome.
1: So this March 25th, a beautiful day for the Holy Father to choose because as we've talked about before, Terry, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord that's when the Son of God became incarnate, when he was conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Just like for all of us, that's when we come to be. That's why life is sacred from conception to natural death. So the I'm really glad that Pope Francis has chosen that date for this consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And we pray that this will be a great inspiration to people of faith, will be a consolation to the people there suffering in Ukraine, even in Russia that are, are suffering because they don't want this to be happening. And we have to be, believe and to trust that the grace of God can change every heart. There are hearts that are hardened against the truth that Jesus Christ has revealed. That was true when Jesus walked this earth. That's why he was crucified, ultimately, because the hearts of too many of the religious leaders and the the state leaders of his day, back in the first century, their hearts were hardened. And they would simply not believe in who Jesus really is. Um, They're, they're hearts that are hardened today. And they've decided they may not deny Jesus Christ, but they deny aspects of what he taught, and they they shape it according to their image, instead of just embracing the truth that he's revealed to us. But hearts can always be changed. And so we have to be hopeful and joyful in the Lord and keep praying. And I'm so glad to be able to, I'm working to, I mean, it's kind of last minute, times are busy with Lent and all, but I'm working to arrange so that I can have a mass on March 25th. To, uh, to have this consecration locally to join in the Holy Father who's doing it from Rome for the universal church. And I would encourage every individual diocese mm-hmm. to join in this. The more prayers we can offer, offer, praying for the intercession of Mary and praying to Jesus Christ for repentance, for a change of heart, for what Lent is all about, the more prayers we can offer, the better.
0: Well said, and I just want to mention it was the bishops of Ukraine, the Catholic bishops, who requested the Holy Father to do this just a couple of weeks ago. So it's really quick. Everything's moving so fast. But I want to uh, encourage our listeners. We just did a show with Dr. Ed Mazza, a Catholic historian, about that very question about the consecration. And you be the judge with all the uh, information Dr. Mazza gave us yesterday. It's on our podcast, The Terry and Jesse Show if you're interested in that topic about was Russia consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary by name. Okay, Bishop Strickland, I love it when you tweet anything on Archbishop Fulton Sheen, because I, on our Terry and Jesse Shea, we say a show, we say full Sheen ahead, and this is a quote, I remember it, it's not in my quotable Sheen book that I have here, but I've read this before, and here's what you tweeted by Sheen. And this is something that is so fundamental to life. And again, I've been encouraging all of our listeners during the month of, during Lent, that we go back to our roots as Catholic, our spirituality, the gospel message, and reread the gospels. That's what I'm doing, and I would encourage others to do likewise. Here's what the Venerable Fulton Sheen said. You will never be happy if your happiness depends on getting solely what you want. And then Bishop Sheen says, change the focus. Get a new center. Here is the answer. Will what God wills and your joy no man shall take from you. Bishop Strickland, whoa, where'd you get the? I mean, th- does that quote just speak to our world today?
1: Absolutely. And it, I mean, it echoes the message of Scripture. And uh, it's just a reminder of what... What we all need to remember, the world is frantically pursuing happiness according to our plan, and if we will just wake up and know that God's loving plan is so much better than anything we could imagine, and to embrace that humbly, um, that's what Christ models for us. That's what the Lenten season is about, is to get back in focus
0: if you if you don't mind I'd like to continue to read on if I got a minute before the break. This is a book by Father John Harden called The Treasures of Catholic Wisdom. And when we come back I'm going to add cuz I that quote was taken from a book of Fulton Sheen's but what Father Harden did is he added a little bit more to what Sheen said and I think it fits. And when we come back I'll include that and get Bishop Strickland's comments on that. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I hope this is inspiring you as it inspires me to fall deeper in love with Jesus and his church.
2: <clears throat>
0: Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. We're talking about Archbishop Bolton Sheen's quote about happiness and that uh, will what God wills and your joy no man can shall take away from you. And I referred to a book by Father John Hardin, Catholic Wisdom, that Ignatius Press published years ago. And here's what Bishop Sheen said. This is really profound about God's will. He says, every moment comes to you pregnant with a divine purpose. Time being so precious that God deals it out only second by second. Once it leaves your hands and your power to do with it as you please, it plunges into eternity to remain forever whatever you make of it. So God gives us free will to do God's will. So if we choose that decision to be made that God has given us moment, you know, a certain amount of time on earth, we need to collaborate with it. And that's what Fulton Sheen is saying is that Every moment comes to you as a as pregnant with a divine purpose. When I read that the first time, Bishop Strickland, I went, oh, my gosh, that man's got away with words. I mean, pregnant with a divine purpose, time being so precious that God deals it out second by second. So God only gives us only a certain amount of breaths of air, but he gives us free will to choose what we're going to do with that. Anyhow, it, it touched me.
1: Well, Terry, it, it calls to mind for me what I love to reflect on is the, that's the wonder of the incarnation, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Is the Jesus Christ, <clears throat> who is timeless, yeah. the eternal Son of God, yeah. outside time and space. He entered into time and space, and he had, here's the, the eternal word, the Son of God, and he chose to have a certain number of breaths I know. in this life, just like all of us. Yes. From, you know, certainly he's in the womb for those nine months. But as soon as he's born, like all of us, he takes his first breath and breathes until he expires on the cross. Yeah. And, and I, I think about that also in yeah. connection to... I mean, we both acknowledge that we're not um, kids anymore. You think? We're both in our 60s. Yeah. We don't know how many more years the Lord will give us, but like you said, we both have a finite number of breaths and heartbeats yeah. that we will live through um, until it's our last. Yeah. And that is a great perspective, and it. It really gets—it's a great connection and a great reflection on what Archbishop Sheen is saying, is the happiness is choosing—I and mean, we all fail. Um, I mean, I often pray that every heartbeat and every breath for the rest, rest of my life oh, beautiful. will be turning from sin and living the grace Amen. and cooperating with God's will. But, you know, I mean— we get busy and we forget we're breathing and we, we get caught up in the meeting or the controversy or the challenge or the celebration or whatever. But we do need to, that's what prayer's about, is bringing it back into focus. And Lent is, several people have commented, maybe it's because so much is going on in the world with the tragic war unfolding in Ukraine and and just all the turmoil and the fears yeah. about prices going up and inflation and just so much to be concerned about. Um, many people have said to me already, I mean, we're here in the second week of Lent and it, it's like, is that all? It seems longer. Ah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, Lent will be over yep. and God willing, we'll still be here to celebrate another resurrection and Man. go into the Easter season. And that's a A beautiful, I'm just reading a book that um, really talks about the the Protestant Reformation and how they desacralized time and space. Right. And uh, it's it's part of the incarnation. We are incarnate beings. We are, we have that spark of the divine nurtured by God's divine son who lived this human journey for 33 years. But what the church has done through the ages is say there are sacred moments and there are sacred places because those are happening within us in our human journey. And when when that gets rejected, (coughs) we start to diminish what the incarnation means, what it means to be children of God.
0: (coughs) Well said. Bishop Strickland, uh, I like what you said about the breath of air and just giving it all to Christ. And uh, you had a tweet that reminded me of an article I saw. Your tweet was, is there any doubt about how Jesus feels about abortion? <laughs> and then I read again, Catholic Church in Mexico will deny communion to politicians who voted for abortion. I want to get your take on this, because Last week, this is the seventh state in Mexico to legalize the killing of unborn babies uh, up to 13 weeks. Most states still protect babies from abortion. But uh, basically, these Catholic uh, lawmakers who vote for legalized abortion, the bishop is saying, you know what, you're not going to be receiving communion. And he also says, you're not going to become godparents in the diocese. You're not qualified according to CNA. Now, by voting is to allow the killing of unborn babies, the bishop is saying these lawmakers place themselves in an unworthy state to receive the body of Christ. And what he also said, that uh, the church believes, and I like this clarity, bishop, that the church believes in the value of every human life. It sounds like you saying this, but this is another bishop down in Mexico. And he says, from, nat- from conception to natural death, as being personally pro-life, is not a legitimate argument for supporting the legalization of abortion. He said this is an erroneous theory since no circumstance, very clear, no purpose, no law can make an act lawful. That is, and he uses the word intrinsically illicit, just what you said, is contrary to the law of God, which is written in every human heart, known by reason itself and proclaimed by the church, and then he quotes St. John Paul II the Great in his encyclical on uh, l- human life. Now, the abortion activists, Bishop Strickland, have been pressuring Mexican leaders for years to repeal the pro-life laws that protect unborn babies, and believe it or <coughs> not, sometimes <coughs> resorting to violent protests, vandalism, and threats. The Roman Catholic Churches especially have been targets of pro-abortion violence in recent years, Many of these pro abortion groups are funded by some of the richest men in the world, powerful figures who want the killing of unborn babies in abortion to be legal worldwide. Bishop Strickland, I'm impressed that the bishop called him out.
1: Me too. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean,
1: that's what I wish every bishop would do. I mean, that's we we should we be all doing have that. the same playbook. We all yeah. have the same truth. Thank you. We should all be one chorus of truth for the world. Sadly, we're not. Um, but, you know, it is one truth. Yeah. And that that's what I tell people all the time. What this bishop is talking about, yeah, I'm... and I'm glad, it, it, it's interesting, because we've talked about it before, yeah. Terry. Yeah. It, you know, when you're speaking the truth, it's like, I can say it, he can say it, you can say it. We're all saying the same thing. Of course. It's just like we keep repeating each other. Yeah. If it's not the truth and you have all these different fractures and all these different angles on things, if it's the truth, then, you know, it's just going to be repeating the same message. He sounds like me. I sound like him. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way it should be because it's one truth. And uh, we just have to always, what I keep reminding people and myself, the truth is what lasts. Yep. All the falsehoods that we're hearing and making headlines, and people are saying, Oh, well, this sent it away in Germany or whatever. That what's false doesn't last, it doesn't prevail. It may prevail for a while, and it may look like the falsehood is one, but in the long term, and certainly in eternity, the only thing that is eternal is truth. I mean, all the the false paths end in, in destruction and uh, so we just need to hang on to that hope and keep working and and work at clarity with charity as you say so often yep. and and that's what the, the really what this Bishop in Mexico reminds me the greatest charity toward those politicians in Mexico is to tell them no, you can't pretend to be a faithful Catholic and support the murder of unborn children. It just doesn't work. And that's the greatest charity toward them because maybe if he's clear enough and maybe if some other bishops join him that some of those politicians will have a change of heart, it can happen. I mean, just because you're a politician doesn't mean it's impossible for your heart to be changed by the truth. And so we have
0: to keep praying for that. Bishop Strickland, it reminds me of my wife and myself with raising our kids. One of the things we said is we have to be on the same page when we're raising our kids. So they backed me. I back her. If mom said it, it's a done deal, kids. And if dad said it, it's a done deal, kids. And I I know this is not a perfect (laughs) analogy the bishops should be on the same page like mom and dad are supposed to be on the same page because it gives the kids clarity on what the expectations are in growing up in a family. And we have the family of God. And I know this isn't a perfect analogy and I'm just asking the question. I'm a layman. And that is, I know how important it is with mom and dad raising kids. Cause I'm, I'm one, I've done that. And, if we weren't on the same page, it would have been a disaster to the kids. They would have been getting mixed signals. So I say this to bishops like you and all bishops, not <coughs> out of disrespect, but out of love. Please, just give what the church teaches so that we lay people are going to know exactly where what our expectations are when it comes to Catholic morality, because one of the weaknesses of us as lay people is once one bishop says something of a compromise, it's like a crack. And it starts cracking, and the crack gets bigger because we all go, well, if Father said it, or if Bishop said we can use contraception in our marriage, well then, hey, they they gave me an out. So I don't mean to belabor the point, but I'm just saying the importance of being on the same page in a family and also in the family of God, which is the church. So there you go. Bishop Strickland, I know that I'm not preaching to the I'm preaching to the choir, but before we get to the quick break, I wanted to say that during Lent you tweeted something to keep me focused and all of our listeners. You said, "This Lent, the world is full of conflict, and many feverishly works to fix the world, like the war. Let us all who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Lord of history, resist the spirit of panic. We must begin to heal the world world by allowing Jesus' healing mercy." To wash over our hearts. Well said. We need to hear that. Hey, when we come back, Bishop Strickland, I am so glad because you uh, are quoting some of the great saints of our church, and we've got Saint Teresa of Calcutta. That everyone's going to want to hear this quote because everybody has to deal with pain. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I uh, have a great quote from St. Teresa of Calcutta that Bishop Strickland tweeted because pain is something we all have to deal with. And the quote says, pain and suffering have come into your life. But remember, pain, sorrow, suffering are but a kiss of Jesus, a sign that you have to come so close to him that he can kiss you. Bishop Strickland, where'd you get that? quote? I mean, I've seen it before, but that quote for Lent seems very appropriate.
1: Yeah, well, these are just great quotes that people send me and then I tweet them. (laughs) Um, But I think it is a reminder, especially with all that we're dealing with. I know even in our relatively small diocese. There are people here that have connections directly with Ukraine and they're worried about it. We have some sisters here in the the hospital here in Tyler and members of their community are there in Ukraine. And so there are a lot of people, the other things that people are worried about. There are people have have loved ones that are ill. Um, There's just a lot of pain in the world. And as St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa reminds us in that quote, Jesus knows how we feel. He knows our pain. You know, we've heard politicians say that. Oh, I share your pain. Mm -hmm. Jesus is no politician. He's Lord. And he knows what human pain is about. Um, That's the beauty of his incarnation is that really I like to, I mean, traditionally on Tuesdays, we pray the uh, sorrowful mysteries of the rosary at least i do and the um you know those really the passion of the lord i like to think of when he became incarnate yeah he he certainly made himself vulnerable to that and even as a little boy he would have experienced some of what little boys experience disappointments falls and you know for a child you know, you fall and scrape your knee or, you know, you do some little thing that's not exactly tragic, but it's a big deal for a four-year-old boy when, you know, they cut their foot or, you know, anything that a typical four-year-old does. And Jesus lived through that. Yeah. He knows that, as we say um, in the um prayer, the Salve Regina, this veil of tears. Uh, Jesus has lived in this veil of tears with us. and, And that really makes him our Lord and someone that we can relate to if we will choose to, that he knows what our pain is about. And he bore more pain than we can even fathom as he bore the pain of all of our sins so that we could be freed from them. So St. Teresa of Calcutta is really cutting to, as she often does kind of like Archbishop Sheen. Yeah. They're great at getting to the very core of what we humans are dealing with.
0: Yeah. Well said, you know, Bishop Strickland, I thought of last Sunday I was at my daughter's house and I, I closed the back of a hatchback onto my head and my, my head was, you know, bleeding. That's and why you I, have the Band-Aid, huh? Yeah, that's why I had the Band-Aid. And I was just laughing. I felt like I got sucker punched. I was, sh- you know, I was really shaking up my daughter. So, sit down, Dad, sit down. And I, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. But my point was, uh, after I got sh- hit, uh, you know, they stopped the bleeding and they put a Band-Aid on and, you know, all that stuff. It took me about a day to get over that. But I thought, wait a minute, I can <coughs> offer up that little hit. For a salvation of souls. And 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 I'm being I'm this is kind of embarrassing to have to say this. It took hours for me to respond that way. I was so dumb. I mean, I felt like someone just hit me and I'm like I said, wait a minute, this little inconvenience of pain, offer it up, Terry. But the point I'm making is all these things that we have, the suffering in our life, can be just jewels of sanctifying grace that for someone else because our lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray for them and make sacrifices so all that can be offered up for the salvation of souls that's the point Bishop Strickland you quoted uh one of my heroes in the church Cardinal Burke is one of my heroes and another Cardinal Cardinal Brandmuller from Germany and he uh he's been, <coughs> been very clear on certain things and you um you pointed out saying, thank you, your eminence. We need a choir of leaders who love Jesus Christ and his church so loudly denouncing these false teachings. Jesus leads us to every everlasting life. This is very clear. You're saying false teachings lead us to eternal damnation. Thanks for speaking the truth. What the heck did the Cardinal say? Because that's, pretty, that's a pretty big endorsement you just said.
1: Well, he's basically speaking about this synodal path in Germany. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, a number of the cardinals have spoken up. And um, I just saw something this afternoon, Cardinal Pell saying the Vatican needs to correct this. That's that's the church's job is to pull people the deposit of faith, to to pull people back to the truth. And I'm I'm pleased to see more. It's not exactly a, a. thundering chorus which it should be yeah but there are more more voices speaking up and right that's that's what we need to do
0: and you know bishop strickland i think <laughs> what you just said is will spill over to mom and dad in the family and what i mean by that is when we have clear teaching this example spills right over to mom and dad saying wait a minute kids this is what we believe as catholics you need to stick to this but when we have ambiguity, uh, then mom and dad are kind of going, well, I'm not quite sure what the church teaches on this, so I better just stay quiet because I don't—I mean, I'm not qualified. I'm not a priest. I'm not a bishop. And I always tell the people, you've got the catechism of the Catholic Church. Mom and dad, read it, and if you ever have any ambiguity, compare it to what the Catholic Church teaches in its catechism, and then go with that. Bishop- and Terry, yeah.
1: I, I want to jump on that okay. because— I often reflect myself and share with others yeah. with the confusion. Yeah. And there's lots of confusion out yeah. there. But one of the principles that I think guides us, because suffering is real, we yeah. live in a world of concupiscence and, and brokenness and sin. Take the tougher path. Yeah. If it's easier, I mean, it, it, not necessarily always that, if it's easier, it's wrong, it's immoral. But you you're pretty well guaranteed that if you take the tougher path, it may not be a, a choice of of something that's moral between, you know, sometimes it's just the better thing or the more sacrificial or the more generous. Um, but a pretty good test is to ask yourself which is harder to live this truth. Or to go with somebody else's voice who's saying, oh, it's not true, and you can do this. It's usually an easier path, at least in, in the short sightedness of this world. If it's a path to, to eternal destruction, it's ultimately not the easier path. It looks easy, but if it destroys you, <laughs> that's not an easy path. And so, but I think we can always ask ourselves, what's the tougher path? Um, And you were talking about your uh, (laughs) banging your head in the car.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, And what occurred to me too is, and and I've thought of this, it's just a a simple kind of retooling of our our spirituality. But, you know, we're praying for the people in Ukraine. We're praying praying for the people that are suffering. And I... Any little inconvenience or any little pain, I try to remind myself. Look at what people are suffering there, and that there's always tremendous suffering going on in the world. As Christ said, "The poor you will always have with you." The the suffering, and even in this country, I mean, the atrocities that we hear about on the news of someone innocently walking down the steps in a subway and literally being pushed down. I mean. There's always plenty of suffering to go around, yeah. and as members of the body of Christ, we can really kind of retune our, our own perspective to say, you know, maybe it's the frustration of being in traffic or whatever the little nuisance is. You know, the we order lunch and it's it's not as hot as we would like it. Like you said, just offer it up yeah. and remember the people that maybe don't even have any food or that are suffering in tremendous ways in Ukraine or in so many places in the world. Catholics in China that are suffering and, and not able to freely live their faith. I mean, it, it can really kind of become overwhelming. But in the light of Christ, to just be aware of the suffering that's there and to try to shine the light of Christ on that suffering. And it, it just puts it all in perspective for us, so that a little inconvenience or a little bop on the head, yeah. you know, can we can we can handle that exactly. and offer it up for those who are truly suffering.
0: Bishop Strickland, you make me think of the two uh, the two Chinese couples that came to our church this week yesterday, and I don't know why they came other than someone told them to come see this beautiful Sacred Heart, uh, historic Sacred Heart Chapel. <laughs> And I got into a conversation with them because they speak English, and they were talking about the persecution of the church in China, and that they just thought this was so beautiful—our chapel with communion rails and kneeling down—and they they just were, you know, impressed with the architecture and and just saying to us, pray for our church in China. So of course I gave them books and CDs and you know material to bring back to China, but uh, it made me realize, yeah, not everybody has the freedom we have. Uh, Bishop Strickland, we're going to take a quick break, but I didn't. I want to make sure I get uh, Sister Burns' comments that you tweeted, and also this quote. You'll think about it over the over the break, uh, because I think it ties right in with what you're saying. You you tweeted the church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep sugar coating the gospel. See, we, yeah, I we, like that one. Yeah, I love that. When we come back, I want to hear because what do we mean by sugar coating the gospel? Well, when we come back we'll talk about that because we don't want uh, you know watered down catholicism or light catholicism. We have these all these terms we use. We want the real stuff. We want to know what Jesus Christ has taught and his perennial teachings, the deposit of faith, and you don't get that unless you get the true gospel. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. <clears throat> this quote that he just sent, it's, re- it's worth repeating because I never saw this before, but it's so true. It says, The church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep sugarcoating the gospel. In other words, compromising what Christ taught and making people feel comfortable. Am I onto something, Bishop Strickland?
1: Yeah, I think you're onto something very important. Uh, <laughs> one of the root causes of where we are broken in the world today. Um, it makes me think of the, the first reading from Isaiah for the Mass for this Lenten weekday. Yep. Isaiah 1, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, princes of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, people of Gomorrah. Wash yourselves clean. Put away your misdeeds from before my eyes. Cease doing evil. Learn to do good. Make justice your aim. Address the wrong. Hear the orphans' plea, defend the widow. That is not sugarcoating, nope. and that is the challenging truth. And as it mentions Sodom and Gomorrah, um, certainly that mentions or, or highlights the the sins, the sexual sins that those cities were destroyed over, um, homosexuality and others, but it really reminds us of simply the evil of sin in whatever form. Um, And to to sugarcoat the gospel is to pretend that the truth isn't there and that, oh, the truth has changed, or to just ignore it. Um, That probably happens the most of all is just, well, we'll just leave out those verses and we won't (laughs) talk about that. Um, But that isn't what Christ did, and that's... That's, that takes all the the power away from the truth. When you take out the hard part, it, it uh, leaves you with some nice platitudes that don't change people's hearts, that don't change the world. Um, and the world has always needed to change and be configured more closely to the truth of God.
0: Well, I'll tell you one who's not sugarcoating the gospel is Sister Byrne uh you you t- tweeted about her saying thank god for sister <clears throat> granting a religious exemption to covid shots by dc court this uh is good news that she i mean this is a nun who's a doctor she spent time in in uh, afghanistan uh, helping our soldiers and everybody's seen her i think she was at um i uh, was at the it was some uh event where she was just pre- uh, pointing out the sacredness of life that she would not compromise yeah, I think she was
1: at the Republican Convention. Oh, there she
0: was. Okay. Yeah. The bottom line is this nun fully habited is just telling what it is, not sugarcoating anything, and I think you just said thank God for. Her. And that's an example that inspires us lay people when we see religious like that Bishop Strickland.
1: Yeah, she's great.
0: Yep, yep. Bishop Strickland, I want to get this in on the catechism of the Catholic Church on marriage you've been commenting on the sacrament of marriage. Here um, on your show, and I had a quote here that I'd like to pull out uh, for the uh, cate- from the Catechism, and let me just get my my right quote out here. It just talks about um, how the Catechism talks when you when you're married, and I'll tell you what, paragraph 1625 on the matrimonial consent. This is so important that I think people sometimes misunderstand. Sometimes a marriage that is performed isn't a valid marriage. There are requirements that need to be very clearly enunciated, or hey, there's no deal, so to speak. I mean, but here's what the paragraph 1626 <coughs> says. All right, I'll say 1625 first. The parties to marriage covenant are a baptized man and a woman free-to-contract marriage who freely express their consent to be free means, and then it says, not being under constraint. Also, second one, not impeded by any natural or ecclesiastical law. Can you share what that means on that paragraph, Bishop Strickland?
1: Yeah, um, that studying canon law and studying, certainly I worked in the tribunal for 15 years, Consent makes the marriage. That's what they drilled into us. Mm-hmm. And it has to be free consent. That's what this is talking about. If you're not free, you can't make a commitment of any kind. And certainly, you can't make the commitment of marriage. And then it helpfully breaks down to two different forms of that lack of freedom. Tell me. You can't be forced. You can't be under constraint. You can't, you know, like, you know, it probably doesn't happen much, but a shotgun exactly. wedding is not a wedding at all. Nope. If somebody's being forced to say "I do," yeah, then they it it doesn't happen, like you said. I mean, that it's it's an approach to marriage that a lot of people find. Well, we said the words, so doesn't it mean it happened? But just saying the words doesn't mean that the real consent took place because. It has to be truly free. And then the second mark, not impeded by any natural or ecclesiastical law. That's basically what the, the marriage tribunal is looking at. And there's a lot of confusion. A lot of people say, oh, well, it's just Catholic divorce. But really what a, a decree of nullity is looking at, and I like to use that term sure. rather than calling it an annulment because it's an annulment sounds like we're doing something. A decree of nullity simply points out what the truth is from the moment of that lack of consent. If a marriage, like for your marriage to your wife, that moment of consent, when you both exchanged your vows and said, I do take this woman, and she said, I do take this man, that is when the marriage happened. Um, And if something was missing there. That's when the marriage didn't happen. And no matter what you do afterwards, if the consent was not present or was sick, drastically flawed, then it, it, a marriage didn't take place. And so that's what the second part gets into. And it it gets rather complicated and it's it takes a lot of looking at the situation. But just another pretty clear example From the Catholic Church's perspective, you have to be open to having children for a real marriage to take place. It doesn't mean, you know, people might say, well, what about this married couple that is childless because for whatever reason they were infertile or they simply couldn't have children? That doesn't mean it it has to be an openness to children. It's not they have to have children in order for the, the consent to be valid. but for the consent to be valid, they have to be open to having children, and there there are numerous other facets to a, a free consent to marriage. So that's what this is talking about, <clears throat> and beyond all of those details, Terry. Yes, Bishop. I think what what I think it really emphasizes that people need to be aware of, young and old. I mean, we all have people, whether we're I mean, like yourself, you're you've been married for years. <laughs> You have children that are hopefully in good marriages, but they have children. I mean, marriage is, is <clears throat> an issue for all of us. There are always people that are potentially looking to get married. And what this section on marriage and the catechism emphasizes, it's a very important decision. It's not just something you do lightly. It's not something you do with a, a temporary mindset. This Well, we'll give it a try. If you're only so committed to that person that you think, well, we'll give it a try, then don't do it. Uh, you need to be fully, because I'm sure you you and your wife can testify that even when you are fully committed, it's still challenging. Absolutely. And they're, they're rough days and there are things that you, when you say for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. Um, and what that's illustrating is that whatever happens, we're married Amen. and we'll face it together. That's the beauty of marriage is that you have a life partner, that you'll face the illness, you'll face the worse, you'll face the, the poorer. Um, but also you can celebrate the, the riches, you can celebrate the blessings, you can celebrate the goodness. That's what the, the partnership of marriage is about.
0: Wonderful. And just a quick note before I ask for your blessing: the Church makes it clear that a marriage is between a baptized man and a woman. For those in the Church who who try to persuade people that homosexual marriage is is an expression of marriage, it's, it contradicts. It, it doesn't. It's not what the Catholic Church teaches, and it's very clear in that paragraph sixteen twenty five that a baptized man and woman are those qualifying. To be married. There's no marriage with two men or two women. The church teaches that very clearly, correct?
1: Absolutely. All right. Bishop Strickland. Not, not up for debate.
0: No, it's not. That's the thing. When the church makes it clear, we should just accept it and move on and say, okay, it's clear. Because <clears> <throat> that's what Christ taught all the way back in the book of Genesis, too, about a man and a woman. Uh, Bishop Strickland, I want to give a plug to your St. Philip Institute. I know it's during Lent. There's some jewels there for uh, this listeners can can find out about how do they do that
1: yeah just go to st philip org. philip with one l um there are a lot of great resources Mm -hmm. there's a a a companion book to take through lent that um i mean you can get now that is a a scripture for every day written by dr luke arredondo oh good and Mm -hmm. uh Just go to the website and you can go to the store and order that. They have some great rosaries and other books and uh, a lot of articles, a lot of videos. There's a section on family, life and marriage. Um, And we're really working in the diocese to to provide some marriage enrichment to help marriages not just survive, but really flourish and evangelize other marriages and, and bring people either to the church that have never been in the church or maybe back to the church or into a deeper relationship with the church, because a deeper relationship with the church is a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. It's his body.
0: How about a a blessing to our, for our listeners, Bishop Strickland?
1: Sure. The Lord be with you
0: and with your spirit.
1: Almighty God, we ask your blessing for everyone listening that, We may all continue this journey of Lent, full of joy at the opportunity to turn from sin, to be freed from the burdens and the brokenness that sin causes in our lives, and to grow closer to the Lord of life, Jesus Christ, to be more joyful in his presence. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thank you very much, Bishop Strickland. Folks, you can listen to any of these podcasts by going to vmpr.org. Not only all of Bishop Strickland's shows, but all the shows that VMPR, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, produce. Pass them on to your friends. Give give this message to your friends and family that there are there's a great resource for you with clarity and charity at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God bless you during this Lenten season, and God willing, we'll see you again next week, same time. Thanks again for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio.